We are brought to you this morning by Pam Harris's Pete Quail Realty in Rio Rancho. It is time to find out what is going on in the City of Vision with our Mayor, Greg Hall. Good morning, Mayor. Well, good morning, Derek. And once again, I can happily report just not a dull moment in the City of Vision. <laughs> not a dull moment. You didn't just want to sit around behind your desk all day. No, you? I'll tell you what, it's been a hopping week. I mean, we, you know, you've got the legislature in session. You've got a lot of things going on in the city. You're trying to keep tabs on all the things that are happening and keep track of that and then of course um, I'm actually the chairman of the New Mexico Mayor's Caucus and you know with the legislature in session we're meeting and the Municipal League is meeting and you know it never slows down and then of course uh, while you're doing all of that we're having a 40th anniversary and you know we're going to talk about that a lot this uh, this year because this anniversary is going to last all year long and so we had I have to give Tony Otero a shout out the uh, local dairy queen mm-hmm. who provided the uh, ice cream birthday cake on our uh, 40th anniversary date now the city's incorporation if i'm not mistaken was uh, february 22nd and then on february 23rd the first ever meeting of the governing body occurred and our dear friend rest her soul marlene foyer was on that first right. city council she meeting mentioned that when i interviewed her yeah yeah so we incorporated on the 22nd how did we vote and get a mayor and do all that well all the voting took place before from you know the citizens had to vote to make it a city oh, okay. right and then once they had the vote they went through the incorporation process with the state and I'm not sure what the process would have been back then, but I'm sure it involved the legislature. And at that point, you know, once the city was uh, incorporated as the city of Rio Rancho, then you could legally meet to discuss stuff. And the interesting thing is, William Howden was the very first mayor, and I was actually tracking these numbers the other day. It was very interesting. I think it was in the first eight years of being a city, we had five different mayors. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I wonder what happened there. Well, huh? there was a lot of things that happened there. I was doing a little bit of research, and William Howden was elected to get the city kicked off, and then, of course, you had to roll into the first election, which was it was about a year away to get it into the normal state election cycle. You oh. had to get on the state election cycle. So this happened a year before that did, and, of course, he didn't win re-election. And so he became the very first mayor of Rio Rancho, and then after that, there was a succession of mayors that happened. After that, there were two year, two mayors in the in the first term, and then two mayors in the second term. Then it stabilized out a little bit. But what's interesting enough is up until Tom Swistak's second term, second run as mayor, because Tom ran for mayor once and then didn't rerun again, and that's when Jim Owen. I believe ran for office. I'll have to go back and look at it. I've got I've got it all listed out, but it was after that then Tom went to be in the state legislature and later it was uh yeah, it was Jim Owen was the mayor and then Kevin Jackson was the mayor. It was when Kevin Jackson left office, there was a special election at the midterm where Tom came back and ran for that two-year period. So Tom was the first mayor to serve in two different terms. But not consecutive. But not consecutive. And then he was reelected to a full term after the half term. So he did a four-year term and then a six-year, okay, kind of a deal. And uh, now 
up until that point, he was the only mayor that had that title. It was interesting because I was looking at that the other night, and I didn't realize that. And then I realized I'm the second mayor of Rio Rancho to be reelected, but I'm the first mayor to get reelected to back-to-back full terms. So two four-year back-to-back consecutive terms. And so it's interesting to look at, and uh, I was looking at it. I'm the 10th person to serve as the mayor of Rio Rancho, but in the 12th term, uh, 12th or or 13th term. So there were a lot of mayors. So there was a lot of terms where that period where there was Kevin Jackson, then there was uh, Mike Williams, and then there was Tom Swistak. There were actually three mayors in a four-year term right there. So it's been an interesting history as you look back. This area where we're sitting here now on Barber Loop, what was this before 1981? Just incorporated uh, county? Just county. Yeah. Absolutely. You really had Rio Rancho Estates, which is the, the housing development over across from Intel. That right. was the original neighborhood. It was Rio Rancho Estates. But it wasn't in, in the city of Rio Rancho. No, it was not in the city of Rio Rancho, nor was, nor was Intel Corporation. And Intel Corporation was actually here before the city was incorporated. And if you look at your maps, Intel still is in the unincorporated county. So they're not actually, while they're surrounded by the city limits, they're not in the city's limits. So, you know, it's it's an interesting way that works. I remember seeing that, and uh, I guess that uh, probably helps them with tax reasons and things like that. Yeah, yeah, years ago, because the county, uh, when they first got here and everything, it was easier. The county did all the what's known as the industrial revenue bonds or the IRBs, and that was a financing mechanism that they used to finance that. And it was through the structuring of the IRBs that eventually Intel would uh, basically pay to build Rio Rancho High School. So it was... Uh, well, that was, was nice. Yes, it was. Yeah. It, absolutely. So that was that was pretty cool there. So as you look back through the history, there's just a lot of cool stuff. I'm working with a guy uh, by the name of uh, Ronnie Baca. He runs a page called Rio Rancho Memories. Oh, yes. And uh, so we're posting some stuff up on there. And this past week, we posted something that we're going to be doing in the uh, near future. We'll put it up on my Facebook page and on Ronnie's when we get out there. But we are going to open a time capsule. So we've got a time capsule from the year 2000. So it's 20 years old. Mm -hmm. So we're going to open that bad boy up and look at what's inside. And then we're going to give everybody uh, an opportunity to send us stuff that we can put in it. And uh, we're going to limit the stuff this time to digital media because we don't want to fill this thing up with bulky stuff. But uh, one thing that I am going to add, it's a little bit bulky, but I've got one of the original bricks to the original city hall. When they tore it down, we grabbed some of the bricks as memorabilia. So we're going to put one of those bricks in there. And uh, so that's pretty cool. And, you know, in 2000, that building was still there. Aren't you glad you weren't mayor when you had to make the transition from the old building to the new building? Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad I didn't. But uh, but that must uh, have been uh, uh, quite a lot of work to set up housekeeping in the new building. Yes. Get everything going and uh, probably exciting, too. Well, it was. It had to be exciting to open a brand new building. Yeah. And uh, go in. And a lot more space in the new building. I imagine that's space. why they moved. And I was looking at some pictures there. Um, uh, the old city hall was two stories. This one was four stories. So you, you, it was a much different uh, set of uh, uh, circumstances. But then again, the new city hall was out in the middle of nowhere. And the idea behind that was put it out there and the city will grow in that direction. And really the original concept was to have an entertainment district, you know, and just really build around City Hall. The problem was is you didn't have the houses out there in the area. You didn't have the traffic 
And at the time, there was a big discussion. I remember this. I, I remember there was discussions around a NASCAR track being out there. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of discussions around a lot I of I don't think I really want to live near that, though. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but you go back and you look at some of the strategic plans and the objectives, and it was let's bring out a Hard Rock Cafe, and let's bring in this and bring in that, and we'll do all this stuff. The problem is, is out in the middle of nowhere, there was no traffic to really facilitate all that stuff. So it still has not materialized because you just don't have the daytime traffic. There should have been a lot more job opportunities and activities out there. And then they, they did eventually get HP to build out there. And that was a big deal. But it still didn't create the critical mass necessary for investors like the you know restaurants and hotels to go out there. And, of course, with the Star Center, they thought that that would – or now it's the Rio Rancho Event Center. With that, they thought, well, that will create the venues and the entertainment out there. But unfortunately, it was built before all the real road infrastructure was there. So it became a very difficult venue to get to, and that was another detractor. But at this point – we are looking at it. We are creating the opportunities out there. We've fixed some of the infrastructure well, they're issues. They're building out there now, uh, yes. south of Pesa del Volcan. There's a bunch of houses. Yeah, going there's a there. lot of houses coming into the area now, and uh, some really beautiful neighborhoods. So it's starting to happen. I guess the crash in 2008 kind of slowed all that down. The crash in 2008 had everything to do with it. It really did. And and understand that when you're an investor, the city doesn't decide, doesn't call up a company and say. You need to come to our town and build exactly right here. That's an individual investor decision. It's like with you when you decided where you wanted to put your radio station. Okay, You made a decision because it was your money, your investment. It's like the Dunkin' Donuts that's being built. Dunkin' Donuts site-selected that location for very specific reasons. I'm sure it had to do with the fact that there's a Walmart neighborhood market right next to it, and there's a Taco Bell right next to it. And probably that because there's a Dutch Brothers coffee right across yeah. the street. So there is a market in the area, an identified market. And that's so Dunkin' Donuts came in and said, This is looking like a great place for us right here. They bought the property and they even went to the expense of doing a redevelopment because they had to bulldoze the car wash to build the Dunkin' Donuts. And we get that question all the time well, why did they build there? Why didn't you have them build over here? Because the city's not the one that makes that decision. Well, we would love for them to go where we think they should go. They have market data that says exactly where they need to go. Yeah. So. Well, and yeah, and, and is, are they going to build a driveway out to 528 or am I going to have to go around Taco Bell? You're going to have to go around uh, Taco Bell. And they understood that. They understood sure. that. Is that 528 is a restricted access six-lane highway now, so you cannot just open up a curb cut on 528. So we always work to consolidate. And this is a per state DOT rules. You consolidate the driveways and have people come in one. Then you have a what's called a shared access agreement. So where are we going to put Trader Joe's? Man, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of places I would put Trader Joe's. We're still actively pursuing them and we're still actively pursuing other grocery options. And we're hoping to see some of those materialize. They're very interested in the city. They're seeing the city growth. They're seeing the success of a lot of the businesses right here in Rio Rancho. And they, they see really also the very strong local support for businesses that are in the city. So that's very attractive to a lot of developers and a lot of businesses that, that are looking to locate here. So we're hopeful. I think um, they're looking at the parking lot there at Natural Grocers because uh, uh, they probably could have used a bigger one. It, well, <laughs> 
They are looking. They will look at that parking lot. And yes, they probably could use could have used a bigger. And there was one. no room for it. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, if you're a grocery store looking at Rio Rancho, that'd be something to look at. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, you want to look at where your competition is. You yeah. want to look at how they're doing. And if they're doing good, that's great. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's it's all market data and it's all statistics and it's all about you know selecting a, a piece of property that's going to make you a good return on your investment and that's what business is all about. But we'll keep pushing and uh, keep trying to get these various different businesses here and keep plugging along. Now let's talk about the businesses that are here. Sandoval County is yellow, and we touched on this last week a little bit, but now people have had a chance to buy inventory and hire staff and open back up again. Right. And every time I drive by a, uh, the bowling alley, I, I just feel so bad for Steve. Uh, is anything going to be able to happen? You there? know, as a matter of fact, we're working on still trying to get uh, the bowling alleys open. I know I've talked with a bunch of the other mayors around the state. This is something that we feel uh, can be done safely. We're going to continue to press along that way. We are in the yellow at this point in time, and so it did allow the restaurants and some of the businesses uh, to open to certain capacities. And then, as you saw this past week, the governor added an additional color to the uh, to the schematic uh, turquoise. So when you get into that turquoise level, there's a whole new set of openings that can happen there. So that's, higher beyond, that's beyond green. Then. It is green beyond is 50%. green. Yeah, yeah, green is 50%. Turquoise, I think, goes up to 75%. But just to remind people where we're at, on the yellow level, businesses that are allowed to be open is all essential businesses, excluding those defined as retail space, may operate, but must limit to operations to only those absolutely necessary to carry out essential functions. Essential businesses identified as retail space may operate, but not to exceed 33% of maximum occupancy. Churches or houses of worship, 33%. This is in the yellow. Large entertainment venues, now this is an interesting one here, may operate up to 25% uh, capacity on any outdoor space. So you can't do anything on the indoor space. And I so think, no movie theater. So no movie theater, right? No movie theater. But um, if you think of outdoor venues, uh, you you know, this might allow for, uh, uh, like, an isotopes game or something, you know, or with some outdoor with, limited, with very limited capacity. Correct. So it could it could allow for that. Uh, and, and your drive-in movies you were talking about uh, bringing back. Right. Drive-in movies, uh, which we want to bring back. Recreational facilities may operate up to 33% of capacity of outdoor space. Now, what this means is at this point we're working on opening up the baseball fields. Mm. So we'd like to see the little leagues get back to playing. We'd like to see some of the football leagues get back into practice and play, maybe even some soccer. And so we want to get these kids back out, get them on the fields, let them play. And so 33% capacity that would at least allow them to maybe start their season. But we're looking at whether or not we allow spectators or if we just let the kids go in and play, right? So there's different levels that we're looking at depending on what we can do here. Bars and clubs are still not allowed to operate. Food and drink establishments may not provide dining services in, unless they complete the New Mexico Safe Certified training offered at the website newmexicosafecertified.org. And that's it's nmsafecertified.org and comply with all of the rules. And then after that, they're allowed to uh, have the 25% indoor dining. Places of lodging, uh, which have completed the New Mexico Safe Certified Training, 
can uh, operate at 60% of maximum occupancy. Close contact businesses may operate but may not exceed the lesser of 33% of the maximum occupancy of any outdoor enclosed space or a maximum of 20 customers inside the business at any given time. So there's those. What I encourage people to do on this public health order is just go out and read it. There's a lot there. And if you have questions, you can certainly email the Department of Health on this for some clarifications. But when you get to the turquoise level, you're getting into different things. So at this point, all mass gatherings of more than 150 individuals are prohibited. So this takes mass gatherings up to 150 people. So you've got that. And then or mass gatherings in which individuals gather in vehicles are permitted so long as the gathering is limited to 200 vehicles. So you could do a very large event, a concert event or something like that if people were in their vehicles. Right. So once again, uh, if we get to Turquoise by, say, July 4th, we'd be able to park all these vehicles out at City Center so that we could do the 4th of July firework display like we did last year. Right, right. I remember we did a broadcast for that. But we still got to get to green. Are numbers still going down? At this point, the numbers we're tracking are trending in the correct direction. So the numbers are still going down. But I remind people, we're so close to the edge, they can travel upwards pretty quickly and throw us out of that qualification range. So I want everybody to keep wearing the masks, doing what's necessary, washing your hands, And if you don't need to be out, still stay home when you can and then uh, stay socially distanced and just be careful so that we don't have an uptick in spread and somehow we end up going back to red. Can you imagine what that would do to like restaurants where they've just ordered all this food, which is perishable, and they have to throw it all out? Lay off staff again. Um, oh yeah. man, I really don't want to go backwards. It would be it would be terrible, but you know it would be terrible. So we want to keep moving in the right direction. So let's keep doing the right things. As I've said before, I think Sandoval County, especially in Rio Rancho, has done a very good job, and uh, people are are being cautious, are being careful, and and those numbers are trending in the right way. Plus, we had a large vaccination event that just happened this past Friday, where we had up. It was upwards of 2,000 people that got vaccinated. So you blend that with the numbers coming down and people maintaining those safe practices. It really starts to move the numbers in a direction that that uh, that will get us to green or hopefully turquoise. And talking about turquoise after the things that we talked about just there, some of the other things are like houses of worship go up to 75%. Large entertainment venues go to 33% of the maximum occupancy of enclosed space. And then... Large entertainment venues may operate up to 75% of capacity of outdoor space as well. So you're still doing outdoor venues at that point in time. Recreational facilities jump up to 50% of the occupancy of any enclosed space. So that's a big difference there. And then bars and clubs at that point would be able to operate at 33% of maximum occupancy. So at this point, bars and clubs would open up in the turquoise and then food and drink establishments pop up in percentage as well uh, once they complete all the safe certifications. So what was going to happen before we had red, yellow, and green? Green was still only 50%. Right. So now we have another layer between green and everything's open. Right. It's now turquoise. Right. It's turquoise. I would have liked to have just gone from green to, okay, we've conquered green, let's open. But I think everybody's still being a little bit cautious and making sure that we make good progress on getting to the end of this. And I honestly think that the more vaccine that comes on, 
we're going to see more and more of these mass vaccination events mm-hmm. as the vaccine becomes available. And let me talk about that for just a minute as we talk about red, yellow, green, turquoise. There was a mass vaccination event. I was really happy to get that mass vaccination event at the Rio Rancho Event Center. And I want to thank UNM Sandoval Regional for their coordination on getting this done. And you probably saw a press release come out. I posted it on my Facebook page, and it spread around. And I have to remind people because people will send me messages saying, hey, I've registered for this. When am I going to get my shot? Unfortunately, I can't answer that question because I have to remind people that first the vaccine comes to the state, the Department of Health organizes where that vaccine goes. Then once it's assigned to a county, then the county works with the local medical professionals to do the distribution and administration of all of that. And we like the fact that they're using the Star Center, especially for Sandoval County residents and Rio Rancho residents, because it makes it really convenient to not have to drive down to the pit or maybe Tingley Coliseum to get the vaccine. Now, if you get called for one of those events, you need to go. If you get the text, you just go because that's where the vaccine is. You need to go where the vaccine is. But Rio Rancho doesn't control where the vaccine goes. We're just trying to be good partners in the whole process so that we can get as many people vaccinated as possible. So as those those roll out, we're going to be seeing more and more of that. We continue to use the Rio Rancho Event Center in this process, and we're going to keep that up, and I'm just hoping that we get more vaccine. But remember, the way to get in line is none of these are drive-up events. There is no such thing as a drive-up, I mean, or just... Oh, I heard they're giving vaccine out at the Rio Rancho Event Center. You can't just show up. So don't just drive up. Right. Don't just show up thinking that I'm going to get my shot. Because the way DOH and everybody manages it is first they send you out a text that says, call and make your appointment. You call and make your appointment. If you don't make your appointment, they've already decided who the standbys are going to be. So they've got a list of people that says, well, if these people don't make it, then we're going right to these folks. And that's the way they, they've got it all worked out. Yeah, because, well, you don't want to waste the vaccine. Right, right. You don't want to waste the vaccine. So you've got to put people in there right then and there, and you've got to get it done, especially with the vaccine that requires it to be injected within a very certain amount of time. I right. think that's the Moderna one. I heard they're going to probably uh, okay the Johnson & Johnson one here soon, which is just one shot, which will be nice. Right, you don't have to right. go get a booster. Exactly. So, you know, we're looking at those various different things, and I think those are all going to play into the role of getting things back open and hopefully going back to life as we knew it, right? I hope but, so, yes. But the one, thing, the one thing that's very important to understand, and we'll start talking about this a lot more as we move through the year, is we realized exactly how much benefit there can be to – the city functionality when you shop local because while everybody was home, everybody was shopping local. So uh, our GRT numbers, uh, gross receipts tax, were way above what we had originally projected them to be. When this all started, we thought, man, we're going to see this fall off in gross receipts revenue. Well, because Rio Rancho is primarily a commuter community, everybody leaves during the day. People do their shopping outside of the city limits. Well, they've been doing their shopping inside the city limits because so many people are staying at home and working from home. This had a tremendous impact on our budget, and we're going to be highlighting some of that. And so as you do return to work, as you do start to go back to whatever your routine was, if you do do that, we want you to remember 
the great impact you had on shopping local. And so we're going to really be focusing on that as well. And we'll pull some numbers together as we come to the close of this budget year, which will be somewhere around June. But we'll we'll really have the data and statistics and start wrapping that up. And come July, we'll be able to talk about this is what happened from July 1 to June 30th in the year of COVID. Isn't it funny how something good could come out of something so bad? Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, know. And, and it did. It did. Yeah. So we're very fortunate. And our budget reserves have never been stronger. I don't know if you saw last week we refinanced some old debt, saved the city $3 million because we've established uh, over the past few years, we've really brought the city's bond rating back from a not-so-great place, but we improved the bond rating, and we were able to refinance some old debt from the early 2000s, way before my day. But it was uh, well, basically refinancing about $26 million, and we put it out on the bond market and got a, a really a much lower interest rate. And that's going to save the city $300,000 a year that we can now put toward other services like paying our police and fire a little bit more money. Or, uh, so that's and, a recurring savings. There. It's a recurring savings, exactly. And, or we can put more money to road repairs. So it's like when I refinanced my house because the interest rates went down. You refinanced the city, so you're... Right. Basically, your the interest you pay went down. Exactly. The interest we pay went down, and we we had that interest payment budgeted for the next 11 years. So by saving $300,000 a year for 11 years, that's over $3 million in total savings that you can now use for other things. And that's really the focus that I've had, Derek, in my administration, is we focused on being very careful about asking the taxpayers for more money and looking for opportunities like this where we can save money and accomplish the same goals without massive tax increases. And so we've been able to manage that very well and do it uh, and maintain an A1 bond rating. And uh, Rio Rancho is very, you know, is very favorably looked on as far as its financial situation in New Mexico and outside of New Mexico. So how did you know that these things existed that we were paying all these interest on to go in and say, hey, wait a minute, we should refinance this? Well, because every year I look at the budget. I mean, I'm, I'm a part of forming the budget. And when you go through the pages of the budget and you're looking at all this old debt and you start asking yourself the question, okay, what is the monthly payment on that or what is the annual payment on that is basically sure. the way you look at it, right? And you look at the annual payment that's being paid out and you go, okay – First thing you ask is, how quick can I pay that off? Because if you're paying out two or three million dollars a year in a payment, you want to get that money back because yeah. that'd be two or three million dollars you could put to general services, right? As opposed to paying a bank. And so somebody says to you, well, Mayor, why didn't you do this five years ago? Well, that's because the interest rates hadn't gone down yet. Well, that and we were recovering our bond rating from some from from some things that had happened back in in the past. And it took a while. So you could have qualified for the lower rate. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So you've got to get your bond rating up. I mean, your bond rating is like the city's credit rating. If you have a credit rating in the 500s, you're not going to get the best rates. But as you work to rebuild your credit, as you work to establish yourself through the process of rebuilding, and that's really what we've done over the last seven years, is we've just focused on rebuilding the city's financial place and sure. through the credit rating. Somebody that might have worked to go from a 500 to 600 to 700 to 800s, and now you're in the 800s, and now you're going to get those optimum interest rates. 
Well, the city's credit rating right now is, I would say, probably in the high sevens, low eights. Now, you, now we don't rate cities like that. No, but I know. If, but if you wanted to put that in comparison. But an analogy might be for someone listening who's ever tried to go buy a car and they don't have good credit. They'll get you a loan, but you're going to pay a very high interest. Correct. Rate. You'll get the car, but it's going to Correct. cost you more. Correct. Yeah. So one of the things when we refinanced the debt and we put it out there, we were able to show that we had 50% reserves. And let me tell you, the rating agencies looked at that and they said, you've got what? <laughs> During COVID? Yep, we got 50% reserves right now. And so that's why if you do that, especially in hard times, when you're going through something like COVID, you know, you want to take advantage of those things and you want to be very cautious with the dollars you're spending right now. Because look, long term, when things start going back to normal, we could still see a drop off in GRT. We don't want to go out and just spend every dollar. I've heard some people say, well, you know, we've got the, the strongest reserves ever. We should be doing this and this and this. We have the strongest reserves ever in the city's history, but that doesn't mean we just go on a spending bonanza. <laughs> and we want to be cautious about what we spend, and we want to make sure that it's a one-time expenditure because just because you have 50% reserves doesn't mean that that's 50% recurring revenue. Well, yeah, and you don't have the crystal ball that says we might have another spike or something else could happen. So Looking a variant of the who knows. Right. Know. In 2008, who saw the housing market come crashing down? But let me tell you, that had a horrible impact on the city's budget. When the housing market dropped off mm -hmm. and the Rio Rancho Event Center had just been built, and uh, when that went out to the bond market, the city actually had to use gross receipts revenue as kind of a backing to back that because the bond market didn't see that as a good investment. They didn't see the Rio Rancho Event Center as a strong investment. So they said, well, okay, well, you can take your bonds to market, but there needs to be a financial guarantee behind it. So the city had to use its gross receipts revenue to back that up. And, and then, of course, as we know now, the event center did not produce the revenue to cover the debt service on it. And the city has had to subsidize it annually to the tune of about a million dollars a year for the last, you know, as long as it's been there. Yeah. So, well, that's unfortunate because I think eventually it will be a place to go once well, it gets built up out there. Well, by dropping the interest rate and refinancing the debt that I just talked about, right. the debt that I just talked about, as it would have it, was event center debt. Yeah. So we refinance that. So now our subsidy drops by $300,000 a year. But you still would like to see events coming there to Absolutely. That pay rent to use the place. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why another reason we want to get open, get back, and, and see if we can get that event center back open up. We had a sold-out event that was supposed to happen in December. It was the Foo Fighters that were oh, coming. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and, I we used to announce the events on this show that were going on right. at the event center. So, yeah, when it was the Star Center back then. Well, Mayor, believe it or not, we have gone through our half hour. Well, <laughs> you know, when we're sitting here talking, it doesn't take long to go through a half hour because there's so much to talk about. But uh, once again, I just want to say thank you to Department of Health, Sandoval Regional, for the uh, vaccination event that they put on on Friday. I know that that was sorely uh, needed here in Rio Rancho. We, as a city, worked hard to make that happen, and I'll continue to fight to bring more vaccination events to the city of Rio Rancho so that we can get as many people vaccinated as want to be, and then we'll go from there. But that being said, we're keeping progress on the roads, 
Buildings are still being built. The economy for Rio Rancho is still strong. We're doing things right, and we're moving Rio Rancho forward. So we're having a great time. Well, I've been talking with Mayor Greg Hull of Rio Rancho. Mayor, thank you. Thank you, Derek. And it's time to head off to church. So everybody out there, have an amazing day, and God bless.